Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Real Steel, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just The Real Steel. I'm your host, Jeff. Joining me is my co-host, Polt. And I don't really know where to begin, man. After last week, I said I was fired up in a good way. After this game, it really fired me up in a bad way. This was an ugly, ugly, ugly loss, and I'm, and I'm struggling, struggling to get over it. Help me out, because uh, you know I'm down for the count after watching this. this is, I'm in a deep, dark place right now with Steelers football. Yeah, I mean, we've been kind of talking about this all year that the Steelers team and watching them is a roller coaster ride. And I think for the second time in three weeks, we, we reached a, a valley in the roller coaster. And uh, this one seems to be harder to get out of than, than the Browns won two weeks ago. Um, yeah, this was a rough one. Rough one for sure. Not a lot of positivity to even take out of it, but we'll try to break it down and, and see what we can come up with. I mean, you lose at home 24 to 10 to the 2 and 10 Arizona Cardinals, 0 and 6 on the road for the season. I think they were 0 and 9 in their last nine road games. The Cardinals went 40 games with having their opponents score more than 10 points. We can't put up 10 points at all. It seems like everyone on our team got injured. We couldn't finish drives. Kenny goes down. It was just like pile one thing on after the next. And, you know, we talked about how after the Texans game, that was bad. Of course, we go back to the San Francisco game, how that was bad. But we seem to pick things up after those games, even after the Browns game that you just mentioned. Sure, we only put up 16 points on the Bengals, but it looks like some things are starting to click. And then just to have this happen, I, I I don't even know what to say from it. I mean, there's no game for us to recap here. Um, it was it was what three three at halftime, and and then it all just went downhill from there. Ten three at halftime, um, but I would argue it went downhill even earlier. Went downhill from when Kenny got hurt. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I guess I'm gonna start off with. It's kind of interesting, that, and this is no excuse, but I'm I didn't realize this until right now. The Cardinals' three wins on the year actually are against some pretty good teams. They beat the they beat the Cowboys at home, and they beat the Falcons, who on paper you might not think are very good, but they're winning their division. So the Cowboys, Falcons, and Steelers, all three are playoff teams as we speak, which is um quite interesting, actually, if you ask me. Do you me. want me to pat them on the back for you? Like, what's going on no, here? No, no, no. I just thought that was interesting that actually their wins are pretty good. No, I mean, this was this was an embarrassing loss, but... I think there is some game to to recap. I mean, if you talk about the first drive, the first drive looked great, and I thought that we were we were in for another big day offensively. I mean, we drove down the field, uh, what seven plays, sixty five yards in three minutes, and we had this unfortunately settle for a field goal. But this drive had the the long pass to George Pickens down the sideline for thirty eight yards. Another pass mm -hmm. to George Pickens. I mean, George Pickens had fifty one yards after after the first drive. And and it kind of seemed like okay we're we're in for a good a good game and and from there kind of it kind of fizzled out. Yeah, because because then you have a three and out. Yep. A five and you and have out. a five play drive that you punt after. Then you have another three and out. And then our next drive, which is you know looked like it was going to be pretty decent, twelve plays, seventy nine yards. We go all the way down to the one yard line um, where Kenny ultimately gets hurt, um, messes up his ankle. And then I think one of the things that irked me the most from this game, honestly, is what happened in that moment. 
fourth and one, I don't disagree with the call to go for it. I really no. think we should have gone for it as we did. I'm glad we did that instead of kicking it. But you stand in shotgun with a running back two yards behind you or a yard behind you to your right. And what do you do? You hand it off. Mason Cole, the center, stands up, gets steamrolled, driven backwards, and Naj has nowhere to go. So he doesn't break the plane. Again, we're on the one-yard line and you can't capitalize. Get under freaking center. Yeah. Do a tush push. Even if you're not doing the tush push, hand it off to Najee. Bring in your fullback. Put a tight end back there. Like that's not where we have to be cute and creative. Like that's no. where you do what works. And that play in that moment, I think for me, yeah, you have Kenny go out and then you have that not happen in converting a touchdown. And then what happens there um, at the end of the second quarter, the Cardinals put together a 99 play drive capped off by a touchdown. So, and I think we had mismanagement of the clock on that entire drive oh, yeah. um, against them as well. Let up numerous, numerous third downs, a third and three, a third and six, a third and six, um, a third and five. Um, and they converted the touchdown on the third, third and goal from the five. So we just let them get third down after third down after third down. You're laughing, but I'm, I'm pissed. This is ridiculous. No, no, I'm laughing at, uh, how you said there was no game to recap and there's plenty to recap. I mean, just to go back to the Steelers drive, it, it finally seemed like they were trying to impose their will, right? Which we thought they would run the ball all over the Cardinals on that 12 play drive. I'm not going to count the. I'm not going to count. Well, maybe I miscounted here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There were 10 total, 10 total runs. And then Kenny also had a scramble um, on the, on the 12 play drive. So they were, they were running the ball all down their throats, which we thought they would do all game. There was an 18 yard mm -hmm. run by Warren and 11 yard run by Harris. And it was like, okay, maybe we're good. We had the big third down conversion to Pat to get us the, you know, the goal go situation. And then, you know, the play that Kenny went out on, the third down happened. And and you can look at the film, and Calvin Austin was wide open, but I don't know if that's on Kenny. I think that, that that's not the read on the play, so that's a little bit of coaching. Sure, Kenny maybe should have adjusted and saw him. And and Kenny tried to make a play, and unfortunately he got stuffed. But I think that really changed the, the, the outcome because they had the TV timeout because of the injury to Kenny Pickett. So they had time to think about it with Mitch Trubisky. But I think if Kenny's in the game, they QB sneak. I, I really, mm -hmm. I really do, but again, it's it's no, it's no excuse to to go and shock him with Najee Harris. You have Najee Harris, who's your power back. Let him get downhill. I mean, the, like you said, the line got blown up, so he didn't really stand a chance. But if he's downhill with with momentum, he might be able to run somebody over and get that yard that he needs. But when he's running out of shotgun, he has no speed or momentum. He he can't do it. So, yeah, I think they outthought themselves there, and and that was just a a bad play call. I mean, why can't Mitch sneak it? Why, why can't you? Yeah, I, I think there's just a, a whole lot of frustration that piled yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to speculate here. I mean, Mitch probably doesn't take a lot of snaps with Mason Cole. Mason Cole already was having some snap problems. I don't know if they were worried about, I mean, and again, Mitch should be able to sneak it. So I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate, maybe why. Maybe they just were worried about his first snap of the game first snap in a couple weeks coming in and trying to get the ball and then sneak it I, or maybe they were worried that they could get him hurt because Kenny just got hurt I, I I don't know I'm okay with handing it off to Najee it's just not the way me they too. did it I agree but let me give you another gripe here right we come out of the locker room after a, a pretty significant weather delay I think it was 
3.20 p.m. if I remember in terms of when the game started. So I, I don't know how lengthy that delay was, but it was at least probably a half an hour. I think it was, Um, yeah. So a good chunk of time and you're losing 10 to three to the Cardinals. You know that your starting quarterback is out, right? Yeah. So Mitch is now knows he's going to play the entire second half. A lot of times, you know, when a backup quarterback comes in, in the NFL, it's, it's pretty quick. Whenever it happens, you see a, a, a starting quarterback go down and teams pretty quickly have to make an adjustment right. to transition. We had an, an entirety of halftime plus the weather delay plus the Cardinals getting the ball first for us to think about and game plan and scheme appropriately with Mitch and nothing happened. Now, now that first drive that, that, um, you know, that we got the ball after we forced Arizona to punt ended in the, the botch snap and, and Mitch fumbled, um, and then there was a semi-decent nine-play, almost 50-yard drive after that where Boz missed his kick, which was another just stunner. Um, but beyond that, it didn't really seem like anything much was was coming together I mean, we, with Mitch. we only had four drives in the second half. And like you said, I mean, we, we had moved the ball, gotten a first down on that first drive, and then had the bad snap by Mason Cole. That's not on Mitch. Uh, and and then the the field goal drive again, yeah, it wasn't a perfect drive, but they got in field goal range to try to bring the game back. Um, at least a little bit closer, and, and Boswell missed it. So just everything went downhill. I, I agree, nothing really looked that good with Mitch. But, I mean, they had the opportunities. You, you also can't give up two touchdowns in the second half. If you're going to have limited possessions and your offense isn't going to score, the defense can't be giving up two touchdowns, you know, one in the third and one in the fourth to to, to just allow Arizona to, to increase the lead. But, I mean, I really think – so we could talk about the picket injury. We could talk about the the, the fourth and goal I think the play of the game is Alandon Roberts getting hurt two plays later. I mean, we were we were stuffing them. That Arizona had done. They had one drive. They had a seven play, thirty two yard drive. Um, after I don't know, maybe it was a bad punt or something. I don't know, but a seven play, thirty two yard drive where they kicked a field goal to tie us up at three three. Then mm-hmm. I mean, that's then the defense. Other than that, they had given up nine total yards. Other than that, they I mean including that drive, they'd given up 41 total yards on four drives so far in the game. So obviously that's where Mike Tomlin had the, had the, you know, confidence to go for it fourth and goal because he thought there would be no way that they'd go 99 yards down the field. And I don't think they would have, I mean, that drive started with a, a one yard pass and then a six yard carry. It was third and three, but on that second down play, Landon Roberts got hurt and the entire game flipped from there. From there, they just went, they just moved the ball all over us. I don't even know how many times Trey McBride caught the ball on that on that drive. One, two. Oh, that was a penalty on him. One, two, three, four. He had five catches after Landon Roberts got hurt, and and that would have been where Landon Roberts was, or he would have had some role in, in stopping Trey McBride. So, I just think Landon Roberts getting hurt, the whole defense fell apart after that. And to your point, they had plenty of time to game plan after that long drive and figure out in the second half, but. I just don't think they had the Jimmys and the Joes to do it. And and Mark Robinson and Mikel Walker just did not play well. Yeah, you see exactly what happened with Alandon Roberts going down, and right? We we saw Mike Walker, it seemed like he got steamrolled or ran over on so many plays. Yep, missed a um, lot of tackles. And then I think this game told us uh, a little bit of why we have not been playing Mark Robinson at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Um, he did not look good. You can go back and watch tape and he got beat and stuffed 
multiple times um, throughout this game. And so I'm, I'm looking for the Steelers really to, to make a, a change here at Blake Martinez and miles um, Jack, two guys that I think we'll probably be seeing on this Thursday against the Patriots. Um, because I think pretty, um, pretty well proved that, you know, these two guys and Mike Walker and Mark Robinson aren't going to cut it. So, yeah. I mean, if you look at the stats, our secondary didn't do very bad. I mean, here's the wide receivers. Greg Dortch, three targets, one catch, 17 yards. Rondell Moore, two targets, one catch for six yards. Marquise Brown, three targets, no catches. But then, yeah, you, then you but go he in, got hurt. Right, but then you go into Trey McBride, and he had eight, nine targets, eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Higgins had one for 21, and George Swaim had two for 10. I mean, Greg Dortch, let me find the stat here. Greg Dortch was responsible for 61.5% of their team completions and 61.4% of their passing downs or passing yards. I mean, Trey McBride tore us up and he's been playing really well, but we haven't been giving up that many yards to tight ends. And I think it's because of how well the middle linebackers have been playing and just mm. being down your three starting middle linebackers is just obviously is hard to overcome. I think the Miles Jack and Blake Martinez can step in and, you know, I mean, they can't do any worse, but there are also two guys that were just retired and just came out of retirement halfway through this year. So I don't know how much better they can be, but it, it, it's definitely hard to lose three starting guys in, in a span of like five weeks at, at one position. Yeah. It also felt like just broadly watching that game, aside from the fact that it was so agonizing and felt like it was drawn out with the two weather delays yeah. and it was just gloomy and miserable to watch. Like I do overall feel like we, we couldn't, contain Kyler Murray yeah. like it felt like we couldn't just finish plays you know we sacked him twice but overall it felt like we had pressure on him a lot and we know that a guy like him is going to scramble um but but he beat us in that element a lot I feel like um you know his 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 rushing total doesn't really show that nine carries for twenty yards, but just in in how he could extend plays, um, yeah. you know I think that's a bad omen for when we we play some of these mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson later at the season, um, Geno Smith on the Seahawks. I mean, I I feel like it's traditionally I I have thought we've always contained guys like Lamar pretty well, and I didn't feel like that played in our favor this game. I really thought we were going to come into this game and get like five sacks on Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, the pass rush struggled, but I, I don't know if they overextended because they knew how how badly the middle linebacking core was hurting. I mean, I mean, I hate to keep harping on this, but I mean that, that a lot of that is linebacker play, right? Whether it's you talk about T.J. Watt and Al Alex Highsmith, the guys rushing, they got to contain Kyler Murray, and they did not do a good job with that. Or it's the middle linebackers coming up and making a, a tackle, or the safeties. You could even put it on Minka and the and the boys. I mean. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm hopeful that this isn't going to be something moving forward. Um, I'm hoping with some of these new guys stepping in or maybe Roberts coming back, we'll be more prepared. But yeah, I mean, if we had to play with with Mike Walker and 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 um, Robinson on the field, Mark Robinson, I, it might be it might be a rough end of the season. Yeah, I'll tell you a couple other things that that kind of stand out to me here before we talk about what I think is is. We, we need to have a little bit of this Kenny Mitch Mason conversation here. Um, but, you know, this was this was a very interesting game in that the Cardinals started out, like you said, we we handled them really yeah. well. Oh, a four on fourth down uh, on third down. Excuse me. They they then finished the game going 10 of their last converting 10 of their final 13 third downs. That's insane. so 
So we just really couldn't, you know, stop them there. Meanwhile, us third down efficiency four for 11 and, and over one on fourth down. So just pathetic. Um, we did outgain the Cardinals in terms of yards. Um, we did win the turnover battle. We both had 18 first downs. We won the time of possession battle. So like weird things that, that, that happened, although we had nine penalties in this game. And I'm pretty sure I heard the announcers early on say that the Steelers are one of the, the, I think I heard him say we have the third fewest offensive penalties in the league only to have nine, um, this game. I don't know those weren't all offensive, but, um, we got some problems we really need to solve. Like how, how are we getting, 12 men on the field in the fourth in December in the fourth quarter. Um, I know that you lose your green dot in a land and Roberts, but you, you got to get your stuff together to be, able, and, and we called a timeout earlier, I think because we had 10 men on the field. Yep. So, and the offense had to call a timeout as well. Cause they weren't prepared. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ugly. Like, like Mike Tomlin always says this, you know, we're playing JV football, but that's, that's like the best way to put it. That, really did feel like JV football like this some of the things that this team does does not make them seem like they are an NFL caliber team I mean here you go they had a 12 men on the field like you said that was preceded by two illegal formation penalties and a burn timeout on offense when they couldn't get the right personnel on the field I mean that's just stuff that you can't you can't win like that that's just preparation stuff and, and we can get into that in a little bit but I'm, I mean yeah losing to Landon Roberts just to drill that point home again one more time. When when he was on the field, the yards per carry the Steelers allowed was two yards. After he got hurt, they allowed 5.1 yards per carry. But I was still looking at it, that third down stat. I just went through all the third downs, and it wasn't like they were third and short. They were A lot of them were third and five, third and six or longer, and, mm-hmm. and they were just converting them. So, yeah, it, it's pretty frustrating. I don't think the defense really had a good showing. They did the first, you know, quarter and a half quarter and three quarters but that second half and that last drive to end the first was just not Pittsburgh Steeler it was not Pittsburgh Steeler defense I mean I don't understand why Keanu Benton who has turned into one of our best players only plays 25 snaps or 37 percent of the defensive snaps especially when we're getting run all over you would think a guy like that needs to play it's just there was a lot of personnel issues and it just seemed like as a team they weren't prepared yeah, and and I'm just worried that this is all compounded with with going into a short week and playing Thursday. That that's really tough. Um, but I'll tell you the strangest thing out of all this to me, and and I know we still have a little bit maybe to talk about the game or our quarterback situation or whatever. But here's what stands out to me the most: all of this happens, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers are seven and five. We are fifth in the AFC. We're in the first wild card position right now if the season were to end so as much as admittedly i'm ready to give up on the season and i am pissed and you've you've talked me off here a little bit and and helped out but um i hate to be that cliche person but i mean are we gonna bounce back because the steelers bounce back a lot and um we're seven and five and we're in playoff position we control our own destiny um, we talked last week about the tough schedules that, that some of the other teams in front of us have and, and how ours on paper, not, maybe it doesn't matter now because we, we tend to lose to two and two win teams, Yeah, but, um, you know, I'd rather be playing the, the Cardinals and the Patriots than be playing the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Um, so that's, that's just what 
you know, perplexes me the most. You know, we're sitting in field goal or in, in playoff position. Don't know why I said field goal, but yeah, I mean, we're it, sitting in playoff position. It's kind of – I didn't realize this, but I just saw a graphic that said that the Steelers actually have had the toughest schedule played by opponent win percentage all, all season, more than anybody in the league. Our opponent win percentage is, is .561, so our opponents are winning 56% of their games. I mean, that's pretty crazy, and we're still 7-5, and five, even though we're not playing very good football. And like you said, we're, we're in the driver's seat to, to make the playoffs. I mean, it's crazy after, you know, two out of our last three weeks are really heartbreaking losses. And we're still sitting here in the top wild card, only two games back of Baltimore who has a really tough schedule and we get to play them again. So, I mean, every, yeah. everything is in front of us for sure. And, and I really do think that, you know, everybody's going to be on their P's and Q's this week. I know it's a short week, but it's a veteran locker room. Um, I think, I hope at least the team felt embarrassed after that loss, and I think they will after some of the comments from, you know, Cam Hayward uh, and all and all the guys, all the leaders. They all seem pretty upset about it, so I'm hoping that they, you know, they put in a good a good couple of days of practice and and really come out swinging on Thursday. Padded practices, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that worked earlier in the year. I guess. Well, you know, you you think about like what what guys like Jalen Warren and Deontay Johnson said too about how it almost felt like we um we didn't really prepare. Or we took them lightly. What, yeah, what do, that, you, that, do you read that into exact, that? That exact quote from Jalen Warren, I guess just taking them lightly, lightly than we should have. We let the highs get too high. And then Deontay Johnson kind of doubled down on that today, I believe, with saying something similar that they they took the Cardinals too lightly. And Tomlin yesterday saying they, 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 they prepared well enough. It's just there's some kind of disconnect somewhere in that locker room. And no, I think that's terrible. You can't be taking a two and ten football team. I know they're two and ten, but this is the NFL. It's mm -hmm. any given Sunday. Anybody can beat anybody, and to, to come to you know not prepare well enough is is just that's embarrassing. Yeah, and it's disgraceful. You have to prepare better. Yeah. So how about we talk about preparing with our yeah. quarterback situation? Yeah. Because Mike Tomlin from the get go has said that Mitch is our guy. Now his his reasoning for that was that Mitch has taken the majority of of the snaps behind Kenny and and Mason is primarily playing with um, the scout team, so it, you know clearly Mitch is and he's getting paid what ten million dollars a year to be our backup quarterback. So I would hope that he has the skill set to go in and and play well. Um, this team seems to believe in him and hopefully rally around him. Remember Mitch was a, a captain for the team last year. Um, but there's a lot of chit chat going around about Mason Rudolph and and how a lot of the fan base wants him to start. And I'll tell you, man, I I saw a I saw a tweet, and um, I I don't have it up in front of me, so I can't quote it. But it was someone who made the comparison about how Mason Rudolph is like one of your exes that you know you thought was crazy, and then you dated someone crazier, and now you realize that at the end of the day, Mason wasn't that crazy. Wasn't that bad. <laughs> and so now the whole fan base is calling for Mason to come back. And um, you know me, I'm, I'm a Mason believer and I think he's a good backup. And um, this is a game where I would like to see him step in. I, I wonder, given that he's not going to be um, the uh, the emergency quarterback in this situation, right? I assume he's going to yeah. have to be active here. Um, I, I wonder if we see Mitch underperform in the first half Um if if Tomlin pulls the trigger to put Mason in, I'm I'm interested to see what happens there. Um, if something like that goes on, but what's what's your take on our quarterback situation here? Oh, I mean, we gotta we can't even start there. I think I think we got a stud fourth stringer now in in Trace McSorley that we picked up this week. Shouldn't he be getting the nod? 
I I think he's just a spy because he played you know a little yeah. bit on on the Pats. He's he's no, a journeyman I now. I, I don't know what they're doing bringing in Trace McSorley. I feel like we could have found better. Joe Flacco yeah. just got put on, reverted back to the Browns practice squad. Why didn't we sign Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco did not look that bad last week. Yeah. I don't want Joe Flacco, but he did not look that. bad. I don't either, but hey, he'd be better than Trace McSorley. No, I think that's funny by Trace. Um, back to the the real the real story though. I, I do kind of get Mitch starting this week, at least. Um, like you said, it's a short week, not a lot of time to prepare. Mason's been in the in the in the building in the offense and stuff, so he does know it, but he doesn't have the rapport with the guys at this point. I would assume being that third string quarterback that probably doesn't get many reps in practice. So, yeah. I, I would like to get him a couple of days of of practice before playing, and and this just this week's not not that. So, like you said, they're paying they're paying Mitch ten million. They might as well see what he can do this week. And, and and start him and I, and I think it is the right call. Do I think that Mitch is the answer for this entire time? Kenny Pickett is hurt. Uh, no, I really don't think he is. I think Mason might be able to come in and play and, and play just as well, if not better. But we've seen how loyal they are. I don't know if they will ever bench Mitch Trubisky. Well, this is the perfect test, right? You're you're playing a, a team that is just absolute booty and um, good defensively, though. Good defensively, but. This is a this is a time for Mitch to step up. I mean, he's been vocal about what he wants to do: stretch the ball downfield, make big plays. I, yeah, I can throw interceptions. I, I can see this being maybe a maybe he throws two touchdowns, but he's going to throw two interceptions with it too. He seems to just hawk it up there and and say a prayer for either PI or hope someone's there. He loves throwing into double coverage, man. It's like I'm so not excited to watch him. I I don't I don't man I I can't believe that they didn't flex this game out of prime time. Now, I don't think I know they could this quickly. They they couldn't this quickly, but man, we we don't deserve this. No, and I don't know. I think I think Mitch will be okay, and I hope he plays better with you know being the starting quarterback going in. He hasn't seemed to do very well coming out in uh, relief this year. It's the third time. But maybe as the starter, knowing that he's the guy, he'll be able to play a little bit better. But I mean, I think the other important question here is there's a lot of traction online saying that this injury, you know, the injury history with Kenny Pickett's a big deal, which it is. And, and that maybe this is just another sign to move on from him. And um, I don't know what you're feeling on that. You know, if you go back and listen to these last three episodes, I think my, my, Kenny Pickett highs and lows have been near top and near bottom. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm reading into this, maybe just his stat line too much after this game. Cause I scrolled through our text conversation and I don't think I was pretty happy with, with the first half overall. No. Um, but you know, I, I remember what I saw after the Bengals game. And it looked like we had a quarterback that was maybe gaining some confidence and starting to play a little bit better and stretch the field. And there were things that, that looked pretty encouraging for me from Kenny. And I don't think I got a fair shot to evaluate him in this game. Yeah. Um, given his injury, I mean, yeah, we can say what we want about his stats: seven to ten for seventy yards, not great, but not bad. Um, that's pretty decent, um, I would say. And I think you know, aside from from the three and out and the five and out and whatever, um, we're forgetting that when Kenny got hurt, we were at the one yard line. Yep. 
we were down at the one yard line and, and I, I read something that I want to read to you because this was, this was pretty interesting for, for me to see and kind of put things a little bit in perspective, just in terms of the Kenny conversation. So I guess, you know, to sum up the, or to answer the question you asked, how do I feel? I, I'm not ready to give up on Kenny yet after this game. And I know it yeah. said that I was after the Browns game, but then we fired Matt Canada. Right. And then after the Bengals game, I was like, okay, I'm riding it. And now this game kind of sucked, but putting this in perspective, right? Kenny Pickett's second season. We know he only started the back. What he started week four, week five last season, um, had some injury issues last season too. So not a full season by any means. Deontay Johnson, our wide receiver one put on IR for a good portion of the front half of the season clearly attitude issues right um george pickens our wide receiver too incredible talent diva total diva um calvin austin alan robinson our wide receivers three and four haven't really gotten as much production out of them as we would have liked um making a little impact there our tight end one pat fryermuth oh let me let me finish uh, i think you missed gunner <laughs> oh well gunner sucks <laughs> sorry go ahead um Pat Fryermuth, who I think you could argue going into this season was Kenny's security blanket, was put on IR for multiple games. Um, Darnell Washington, who we drafted at the beginning of the season under Matt Canada, didn't know how to utilize him. Um, our offensive line played like dog shit the first seven games of the season. Um, and we had Matt Canada. And, and to everyone saying, oh, Matt Canada is not the problem, I still say, screw you, Matt Canada was a significant problem. We know that. Yeah. We know he was a problem. Maybe what, what this is just telling us is, we know, we we talked about this. Maybe this does tell us that Kenny Pickett isn't our guy. And and if that's the case, then, then so be it. It's good that we find that out. Um, but I think we know that Matt Canada sucked. And maybe the other thing this tells us is that you know, um, Mike Sullivan and, and Eddie Faulkner aren't, aren't good quarter corner, uh, coordinators and we need to make an external hire. Um, yeah. So, and then, Oh, by the way, the ankle injury and, 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 you know, the injuries that Kenny's kind and of sustained this year and... and the ribs. Right. So, so is it fair to fully evaluate Kenny on, on these first few games of the season? I think, no, that's kind of where I stand. Um, I think by halfway through next season, we'll be able to have a really good read on whether or not Kenny's the guy um, moving forward. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, I think I'm probably 50, 50 um, whether or not he has a future with us or, or whether we're, you know, we need to draft someone else. Um, but that's kind of where I sit. Yeah. I, before I, I even give my opinion, I just think it's, it, it's the most Pittsburgh sports fandom thing ever to want to, you know, crucify the guy and want to bench him two weeks ago then he plays a good game and everybody's, you know, back on his side. And then he gets hurt and everybody's back trying to find excuses to, to run him out of the town. It's just the ebbs and flows of Pittsburgh fandom. It, like, I, like I said a couple weeks ago, it's just it's fair, so fair weather. And it, it's kind of frustrating at times. With that being said, again, yeah, I, I think everybody knows I'm not ready to give up on Kenny Pickett yet. Everything I'll echo everything you said. I mean, it's, I, it's just not fair to evaluate him yet. And the injuries are just I think it's a, a lazy excuse uh, to, to just throw all that on Kenny Pickett. I mean, yes, he has some bad habits and he might never be a superstar. He might just be a decent NFL quarterback. That's, I think that's looking very, very possible, very likely even, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you can't win with him and he can't be a productive NFL quarterback. I mean, do you want to win or do you want to put up points? I mean, there's seven and two when Kenny starts and finishes a game and Owen three when he doesn't. Yep. I mean, I think that stats pretty telling how valuable he is to the team. If he can't play a full game, then they don't win. 
And and I know that goes into the whole availability question. And sure, him getting injured is a problem, and it is. And, and he needs to you know maybe protect himself a little bit more. But at the same time, he doesn't have the best offensive line. I mean, there's pictures of the game when James Daniel and Mason Cole are blocking each other, and two guys are running free at at at, at Kenny Pickett. I mean, yeah, it's laughable. It, it's it's insane, and that's that's the line he's playing behind. And last year was worse. I mean, so it's kind of hard to to keep yourself healthy when you're getting hit so much. Um, so availability is a skill and it is very important, especially the quarterback position, but I don't think you can entirely put it on Kenny Pickett. So I hope he can come back this year. I hope he can continue to play a little bit more. And I hope he gets next year. Um, it's not looking, you know, bright and sunny and, and that great in the, you know, the future, but I'm not ready to totally give up on the guy. I think there's some things that he can be some bad habits. He can be taught out of, as I keep saying, he needs better coaching, and and I guess we can see where he goes from there. But I, I just think it's lazy to just say, ah, uh, he needs to be he needs to be gone because he gets hurt all the time. I mean, Lamar Jackson gets hurt every year, but and when he's healthy, he's a he's an MVP player. It's just it's it's tough. I know when he's hurt, it's tough, but I'm not ready to give up on him. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point in that you know it it's you know we could we could take a look around the NFL and kind of look at other quarterbacks that are out there and kind of see where they've started their careers this is still very very early in Kenny's career and you yeah. look at guys that some probably say they had a lot of talent they were pretty promising and and probably after you know their first couple of seasons viewed as a bust and maybe not really given a chance but sure enough they've kind of turned it around um i think of like jordan love he played really poorly the first half of this season and now he's kind of coming into himself sure it's a little bit faster than what we would you know like to see with kenny in, in terms of not getting on on track that quickly but look at geno smith he is a a, a guy in the nfl who's been around for what eight ten years yeah um finally gets his chance with the Seahawks um, and, and plays really well. We've talked about how, how Josh Allen's first couple seasons were really poor. Um, Jared Goff, right? A guy who, yeah. who didn't really play successfully. And then you, you put him on the lions and he starts to do pretty well. So um, not saying that Kenny's a direct comparison with any of those guys, but I think, you know, if I, I think we need to at least make an investment in him to, to fully see whether or not he's the real deal, because at yeah. one point we believed in him, right? We, we believed in him as, as a franchise quarterback when he was drafted, when we watched him in the preseason. And so what, what changes there um, is the performance all to blame on him? Um, I don't think so. I, I think we know that there is a good amount of the performance to blame on him. Sure. Um, the execution we've talked about that countless times through our episodes, but um, we got to clean up some other things before it's, it's fair to give, you know, him a, a real evaluation. Yeah, That's my those, those are great examples of quarterbacks. So props to you on that. The Jordan Love one is even better. But everybody needs to remember he sucked the beginning of this year and then has been good recently. He he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for three years, so he got to sit behind a Hall of Fame quarterback for three years. He's playing in a. I mean, I guess his situation's it's it's not bad. It's a pretty good situation. Kenny Kenny got thrown into the middle of his his rookie year and you know and now is struggling through it in his second year. So. It's it's a different situation, and Jordan Love had a little bit more time to develop. So, but those are great examples. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm not ready to give up on Kenny. Let's get him a real coach and go from there. No, we'll, we'll see from there. All right, you want to give me a balls of steel and a jag off for this game? Yeah, uh, balls of steel. Not not many options there, to be honest with you. But I'm gonna give it to one man and one man only. It's gotta be it's gotta be Minka Fitzpatrick, and and I know the defense hmm. didn't play that well, and and that's fine, and I agree. But Minka, 
is is what we're looking for. Minka came in with a hamstring injury, missed a couple games, three or four games, came in and broke his hand in the first half and decided, I don't care, I'm playing through it, and played through a broken hand with a cast on. Sounds like he's going to continue to play through it. And I don't know, I think that's the attitude we need, especially when we're saying guys aren't preparing well enough and the team's not prepared. We need guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, trying to lead the troops. So I'm going to give it to Minka Fitzpatrick just because he fought through that hand injury, played okay, um, and they're truly weren't many options yeah i'm gonna say on defense even though we talked about kind of the overall poor performance i think alex highsmith deserves a a little bit of a shout out i feel like he he played pretty hard two tackles for loss one and a half sacks um second on the team in tackles with with eight um i i think it it was just good to see you know alex highsmith um perform up to the caliber that we know he he can play at um Thank God we have a strong outside linebacking core, um, but who knows what's what's going to happen with the inside linebackers. Um, in in that same vein, I, I think maybe an, a, a small honorable mention just just with Nick Herbig, um, difference maker whenever he comes on the field. We've said this time after time in our previous episodes, but um, really like what I'm seeing out of Nick Herbig, and and I feel good about you know the outside linebacking core we have here. Before we move on from Herbig. I- what do you think of this? He he did play a little bit of inside linebacker at Wisconsin. I know not this I week. I was going to ask you this question. Okay, so not this week. He's not going to play middle linebacker this week on a short week. But do you think maybe they'll see how Miles Jack and Blake Martinez play and, and maybe they give Herbig a chance at middle linebacker, get him on the field a little bit more? He makes plays. Here's what I say. Why wouldn't you? Why yeah. wouldn't you at least try? And at this point, turn, you're on turn four, over every five, stone six, here. Seven, you might as well try somebody. And and you can't keep you can't keep bringing up retired guys or pushing right. off other teams' practice squads. You're not going to find that many. You might find one or two diamonds in the rough, maybe, but you're not going to be able to build a, an inside linebacking core um, off of the practice squad or off of formerly retired, you know, guys in their 30s. Yeah. So I'm with you. Um, I I was actually going to ask you that question earlier. Can can we shift any of these guys? to play inside and and I would think I would think yes I would think from a versatility perspective some of these guys have the skills to do that um yeah I think gosh, Nick Herbig is the guy what what a way um for him to make a name for himself if that could happen so we'll see right and I mean assuming I mean we didn't mention TJ Watt went out injured during the game he came back I think he's going to play this week assuming he stays healthy and Highsmith stay healthy those guys are playing 80 to 90% of snaps anyway. So Marcus Golden could spell them for that. Or they can I'm sure they have a pass rusher on on you know the practice squad. Let that let those them handle it, those three. And and yeah, move Nick Herbig, get him on the field, move him to the middle. I think a guy like DeMonte Casey, or not Casey, I'm sorry, Keanu Neal, if he comes back from IR, could be another guy. He's played a little bit in the box linebacker for I think the Cowboys. He's had some success there. Maybe he could step in with the emergence of Trenton Trenton Thompson. Okay. So aside from the entire team, go ahead, give your jag off. Anyone in particular? Okay. Um, I have a few. Okay. List them off. That's fine. Um, King Diva himself, Deontay Johnson, keeping the streak alive, my friend, celebrating a touchdown, down 14. Gotta love it, man. The, the, that, that was a terrible look. Um, I'm, I'm I'm pissed at him. That was just purely idiotic. Um, at least not getting my full jag off of the week, but he's getting a shout out. Um, Miles Killebrew. How about was it three special teams penalties on him? Yeah, three. 
and we praised him earlier in the season because he's the guy that has our punt, all of our punt blocks. Yeah. Um, but it just looked like he was not with it. And um, Miles Killebrew, in addition to kind of our entire special teams unit, and I'm not sure if you want to talk about that, but they, nope, they just, ahead. you know, Boswell with the missed kick, Presley Harvin not punting well. Um, the, the coverage that we have whenever, you know, the other team's returning, um, piss poor, piss poor. Yep. So, so the special teams highlighted by Miles Killebrew and, um, I'm smiling here for the big one. This is it. I'm stealing yours. This is this is your go-to. Go ahead. It's it's Mike T. It's Coach Tom. Absolutely. Um. And let me tell you this. It's it's what you always say, and I I hate it when you say it. I hate it when you say it, and other people say it, and it pisses me off when you say, "Oh, this is a Tomlin game." But I get it. I get it. And I get why you say it. I just I just hate that it's that. And I hate that it exists. And I hate the fact that people called this out and said this was going to be a Tomlin game. And it happened. And sure enough, the lack of preparation leads you to, to what happened here. I think we talked about how poorly the quarterback change was, hang, was handled in the locker room. We talked about how poorly our clock management was on the Cardinals' last drive before the half. Do we want to talk about the fact that TJ Watt, your most valuable defensive player, probably the league's most valuable defensive player, gets what looks to be pretty significantly hurt, goes into the tent clearly in pain, and you decide to put him back into a game where you're down 14 points and you think you're going to win with under four minutes left? that that pissed me off um so just the way that mike tomlin handled this entire situation um this this really really kind of grinded my gears um and and mike tomlin gets it for me and and i'm usually hesitant pretty reluctant to to do that but um he's the jag off for me i'm glad i'm glad i agree that is that is my main jag off jag off mike tomlin we thought the Texans loss was the Tomlin loss. The Texans actually look like a pretty darn good football team. So that actually wasn't as bad of a loss as we thought at the beginning of the year, but this one is legit the Tomlin game. And and you could call it the Tomlin game and you know, it's Tomlin because in the last six times we've been favored by five and a half points or more, we are one, four and one against the spread. That means we have lost outright four of those games or we've lost four of those games. It's just, and we tied one and we, we tied only won one. one. Right. I mean, we don't get favored by five and a half or more very often because of the amount of points we score. So that means when we get, when we're favored by that much, we're playing probably a pretty bad team. And what do we do? We lose. And who is that indicative of? It's indicative of the head coach. When you have your star players coming out saying we weren't prepared, or we keep our highs too high or, you know, lack of preparation and all this stuff. That's, that's not good. That's a terrible look. And then you're, you're refuting it. I mean, I'd be in the locker room telling these guys they need to work harder and all this kind of stuff, and it just doesn't seem to happen year in and year out. And it's starting to get really, really, really old and really stale. And then he comes out and says after the game that not having Mitch Trubisky line up under center on the fourth and goal play that we talked about for a while, his quote about it was, it is irrelevant in today's game. Hmm. I, I, I'm just at a loss for words after that. It, it just shows you it, there's some disconnect there. He, he's not connected. What do you mean that was irrelevant? That was one of the biggest plays of the game. It, it changed the whole momentum of the game, and it's just it's getting worse and worse. And and I know I know around the league, around you know national media and, and league circles, he's he's the guy and he's a really good coach. But it's just it, it's it's not been good, and it's starting to get really really old. And 
Mike Tomlin deserves the jag off. Well, this is going to be a, a, a phenomenal transition to close out this episode. Can I give a small jag off, though, outside of the team? Just to, you know, oh, give keep, us a little positivity. Keep going. Oh, no, I just... Let's hear it. A little positivity just so we can say, screw these other teams. The Browns and Jaguars are 0-4 since combined since they disrespected a ter the terrible Tau. And both of their starting quarterbacks are hurt. So any team that wants to disrespect the terrible Tau, beware. Don't do that. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. I just had to point that out. They're, they're jag-offs for that as well. All right. Fair enough. I, I am still going to go back and use what you said with us being favored by more than five and a half points being one, four, and one as a transition point. Because on Thursday, we play the New England Patriots at home. Thursday night football. We are wearing our color rush jerseys. I love to see that. And the, we the painted end the end zones. Yep. Maybe they'll be easier for the offense to find them. They're trying to do a blackout in the stadium. Trying to do a blackout. However, we are six-point favorites yeah. against the New England Patriots. Based on that stat, that's not good. The New England Patriots are, are coming. I was just going to say, New England Patriots coming into Pittsburgh. They, too, have two wins. They're 2-10. and ten. They are 1-4 and four on the road. They have a million quarterback issues. Ramondre Stevenson, who's probably one of their best offensive players, their starting running back, just got injured. They are a good defensive team, but this is a crappy team. I'll, and I so want to beat the New England Patriots, man. I'm sitting uh, here laughing because we're six-point favorites, and these are their last three scores. They lost 6 nothing to the Chargers, 10-7 to to the Giants, and 10-6 to to the Colts. Those are their last three games. And guess what? It's probably going to be a fourth like that. It's probably going to be... 10 to 6 or 9 to 6 or something like that. So 3 to 2. 3 to 2. I mean, yeah, this could be a another rematch of, you know, the, the rain game with the Dolphins a few years ago, 6 to 3 or whatever that was. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the Patriots are a really bad football team. They're 1 and 4 on the road. The 32nd in points scored worse than us. They only scored 12 points a game. They're 15th in points allowed. So they're middle of the pack defensively. Um Second to last, they're thirty first in the league in takeaway take like turnover differential. Their passing game's horrible. Bailey Zappi's gonna be playing. Um, their passing game's twenty third, actually better than ours. So our passing game's horrible too. Um, their rushing attacks twenty first, but like you said, Ramondre Stevenson is out. But their defense is pretty good, so it could be a tough sledding for our offense. Like we said, low scoring. They're sixteenth against the pass and third against the run. So we'll see. This is going to be a very, very miserable game to watch, and I'm sorry to America for having to watch it on Thursday Night Football. But I think this is a game. I mean, this is a rivalry. I don't care if they're good or bad or whatnot. Bill Belichick's still there. This is still the New England Patriots. I think we still hate them, and and I do think some of these veterans come out and you know play with a little edge chip on their shoulder and and really take care of business. I sure as hell hope so. What do you got for a score prediction? I know you were joking, but I know you were kind of serious too. So uh, what do you think? Oh no, I'm I'm actually pretty much entirely serious. I think it's gonna be like thirteen to six. Thirteen to six. You know, I think it's pretty telling that the over under line for this game is at like thirty two and a half. Um it's actually I think it's I've seen it down to like thirty. Oh, 20, I see twenty nine and a half actually. It opened at thirty two and a half. Yeah, that's like the um, lowest it's one of the lowest uh totals for an NFL game in, in a very long time. Yeah, I would I would bet. Um and it will go under. And and we'll hit the under for sure. 
um, I would hammer that under. Uh, there's, there's, I, I put a pretty slim chance of, of more than 30 points being put up. Um, wish I was in Pittsburgh cause I'd probably go tickets are too expensive. Um, and the weather actually looks pretty good. It'll probably be like into, into the forties, um, but clear and not really windy. So, um, good weather for, for a Thursday night football game in Pittsburgh, chilly, but by no means frigid or cold. And, um, like I said, not windy. So, um, I don't know. All the games are basically must win at this point in the season, but this one is legit must win. If they go out and they lose Thursday night at home to the Patriots, the two and 11 Patriots or two and 10 Patriots, the season's over. So go out and get the win. I think they do. And I think they keep riding this and, you know, stay in the wild card position. Yeah. All right. Hopefully well, it's a more positive week next week. All right. Well, short week game Thursday. And, um, after that, I think we play the following Saturday um, yep. against the Colts. So a little bit of a longer week after this. Um, so it'll be good to kind of get some time to rest. Um, I think we need it. And um, we'll see how the Steelers play. Hey, the whole season's in front of us. It's not over yet. All right, win mode. Let's go. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. Peace.